welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah, from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I am your other host, as you all know, Hill House from world-renowned Good Games, Good Vibes on YouTube. <laughs> sounded like your good vibes were a little too strong. Yeah, you know, <laughs> mixed that last one a little too good. Okay. Um, welcome back to the show. It's our second episode of the new year. Yeah. And um doesn't feel like a new year sorry, though, I'm bro. Already, <laughs> I'm already laughing because there's all these memes of we got five days into the new year and then the uh, White House gets attacked. <laughs> this is just the it's the worst start ever, it's bro. Like, well, it's, it's the worst like, start well, ever. <laughs> and there's um there's all those memes where it's like waiting for 2022 now. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, there we go. Let's just wait it out for next year, I guess. Um, but it was about this time last year. We're almost to the one year anniversary of the world war three memes where everyone thought that we were going to go to war with Korea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's been a long year. Cause that seems like ages ago. Cause that was even before COVID. So like, yeah, that was like the first big thing of 2020 was the World War Three memes, and now we're to the uh, uh, attack on the White House memes. Uh, Angel has fallen, you know. Oh God, um, yeah. <laughs> so that being said, I mean, it's not funny. It's just funny that like 2020 is still bleeding into 21. It does not feel like a new. No, year. No, it doesn't. I mean, the um, UK is completely shut down right now. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane, mm -hmm. dude. And I think uh, Houston is talking about shutting down again. Um, <sighs> yeah, we're taking steps backwards, but uh, let's talk gaming because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people listen to our podcast for an escape from all the other negativity in the world. Um, so let's talk about negativity within the gaming world. Because <laughs> 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 that's usually what we do. Exactly. But let's talk about the gaming world. Um if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. We always start our shows off talking about games that we've played recently, so uh, usually in the last week. But um, <laughs> but uh, if you are a longtime listener, you'll know that sometimes and a lot of times we don't play new games. But I play a lot of new games when there are gamer score challenges, and just like in Try October, hard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> here it <Xbox>. comes. <laughs> here it comes. Xbox. If you remember in October, there was like, I don't know, I finished like 26 games or something crazy. And they were all yeah. like really easy gamer score games that were very shameful uh, gamer score. But I still got it. And I still got my extra 10 bucks and I'm not ashamed of $10. But anyway, um, <laughs> Xbox has the same promotion. Not exactly, but it's very similar. It's for the first 10,000 gamer score that you get in the month. They like match it with points. So basically it just doubles uh, for the first 10 as far as your Microsoft rewards go. If you don't know anything about the Microsoft rewards program, it's kind of hard to explain really quick, but just look it up if you care. Um, if you don't care, then that's fine. Um, this is just going to explain why I play some random ass games. And I stumbled upon two very easy gamer score games and i have never played this easy of gamer score games in my life so last night after i took notes for today's podcast um i decided to download a couple of games to get some easy gamer score and i downloaded these thinking that they were only kind of super easy and they turned out to be way easier so if you don't know anything about gamer score if you're like a playstation user or something um, just like PlayStation usually has only one platinum trophy per uh, game, usually Xbox games only are a thousand gamer score for a complete game. They go over a thousand if they have tons of DLC like Overwatch or Call of Duty games and stuff. Those will yeah. add achievements with every expansion that they have. Um, but a standard game is a thousand. So when you find a game that you can get a thousand in like five minutes, that's considered like super easy gamer score. But I found two <laughs> that were supposed to be 2000 gamer score in like a very short amount of time. And that is because back in 
just a couple of weeks ago, they added extra thousands to these games with DLC. Um, the games were Smart Moves and Dark Grim Mariupolis. I don't even know how to say the word. And there was both supposed to be 2000 with DLC. So I was like, okay, cool. Easy 2000. I'll be 4000 on the way just after one night of playing. Turns out that they have both an extra thousand. So both of these games are were worth 3000 gamer score. And I probably beat them in like 20 minutes altogether. It's just insane. I got about 7,000 gamer score last night. That's crazy. Which is dude. normally something that takes me like, it takes me like weeks to do. Um, but yeah, that was insane. Um, Smart Moves is actually a pretty fun game. I do recommend it, not just for gamer score. It's only $5 in the uh, Microsoft store. It's a kind of pixelated 8-bit game where you just go through levels and they're short and they get more complex as it goes on. It's actually a pretty satisfying game. I think that you could have a lot of fun with it, even if you're not going for the gamer score, which you would naturally get like insanely fast. Uh, they're so easy. It's like, I think there's only three types of achievements in the game. It's open chests, kill snakes. No, there's only two. It's kill snakes and open chests. And you have to do like 50 of each and it gives you 3000 gamer score. It's so ridiculously easy <laughs> so just naturally playing the game you'll get all of those achievements it's insanely easy but i do have some interesting takes on the other game the other game is called dark grim mariupolis and i didn't even i wasn't even aware of the last thousand points it took me a while to understand how to get it there's some ridiculously hard puzzles in the game if you don't there's no explanation for anything that happens in this game um, it's very hard to explain <laughs> how weird this game is without just looking it up. It is monochrome. So it's always two colors. It reminds me of Atari games in that sense. Whenever you go into a new room, there's two new colors, but it still is always monochrome. Um, so it's, it's interesting in that sense, cause it looks really cheap and it reminds you of old Atari games, but it's, it's got like language and stuff in it that you would never see in an Atari game. So it's really interesting because you're just like, well, it feels out of place in this style of game. But then it's also a point and click game. And then even that, it doesn't explain how to do anything. You kind of have to figure everything out and everything is subtitles. There's no voice acting. So it's it's really like otherworldly. <laughs> and there's these warnings about like uh, seizure warnings at the beginning. And I highly highly agree with that it is crazy when they start flashing the two colors that are on the screen um it can get pretty uh traumatizing <laughs> but the game is really weird and it's one of those games where if i if i was in like a bad mood or something or if i was in a dark place in my life it would be very uncomfortable it is a very weird game uh it's easy gamer score but it is just awkward um it's hard to explain. Have you ever seen, there was this French movie. Uh, it was a French animated movie. It was journey to the something planet or something. Do you remember that? And it was like really kind of creepy and it was animated. Uh, <laughs> it had a bunch no, of blue uh -uh. people in it. Uh -uh. Okay. Uh, it reminds me of just like some creepy foreign art film is what this game feels like. And the fact that it's all subtitles really like pulls in that. Also, the fact that when you boot it up, it only gives you two languages, English and Russian. So maybe it's a Russian game, but it is it is weird. <laughs> I've played some trippy games, but for this game to pull off trippiness without even having a third dimension is really impressive. Uh, most of the trippy games I've played are like first person um, kind of walking simulators where you go through something that looks like the end of 2001. Uh, this is just trippy because it feels like it's, you know, from the depths of some acid trip in another country, you know, yeah. but um, it is weird. It is a really weird game, but I did enjoy it because of how intriguing it was. So I, I think it is also worth a playthrough, but it's, it's one of those things where I think some people would consider it not a game because it's so short. And it's one of those things where since it doesn't hold your hand, I feel like you could play it a long time and have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so 
That being said, those are the two games that I played this week besides, you know, games I always play. But uh, yeah, and I'll probably be talking about more games that I play since this month has the gamer score boost. But I mean, that's just insane. I That is really broken on those two games that they have 3000 gamer score each. Yeah, but um, that's just insane. Um, that being said, that's all I played this week. Did you play anything this week? I really didn't, dude. No, I, I played a lot more Overwatch, uh, been meeting a lot of people on there, playing a lot, and uh, yeah, reminiscing with some folks that I haven't played with in a long time, and it's been a lot of fun, so uh, that's really all I've been doing. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and uh, I guess then we can head on to the nitty-gritty news that we got for the week, and uh, we'll... Uh, be back after our amazing theme song. <laughs> oh yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. Okay, so the first thing in news this week is that there was a Banjo-Kazooie listing on a Japan Wii U digital um, site. And it's really weird. It's hard to explain how you can even like understand what this could mean. So the fact that Banjo-Kazooie is officially, this is like a leak, is officially on the Wii U is really weird because number one, the Wii U is not really being serviced anymore. So this feels like a mistake. Um, but it also is either bringing up one of two things. Um, it's either Microsoft is thinking about releasing Banjo-Kazooie on Nintendo platforms. Like the Switch would be a great idea. Or the Wii U. Maybe they didn't think people would notice. It seems weird that it's listed on the Wii U. But it would make way more more sense on the Switch. But on the Wii U, it doesn't really make much sense. Um, the other thing that it could be is that there's been talk about uh, N64 games being added to the Switch's virtual console. Currently, oh, wow. they just have the NES and the Super Nintendo. Um, there's been rumors about the N64 for the longest time. Um, people first thought there was going to be an N64 Mini, but I think they've kind of realized that that's not really in the near future because these games are larger and they could make money off of these games separately. <laughs> That's the thing is the, the SNES and the NES minis made sense because you could only get so much money for games for those consoles. But the thing is the N64 is such a leap forward in gaming that you could still resell those games for a decent dollar. <laughs> and I think that's why Nintendo has not really been pushing forward for an N64 mini is that they know that things like Mario 64 can still be sold at easily $10, $20, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, much less package it into a mini console that you're going to try to sell for 100 or something, you know? So I think everyone sees that generation of gaming still is very lucrative. So I think the N64 mini is not around the corner in the near future, even though I wish it was. Um, the more likely thing is them adding an N64 virtual console Thing where if you are a Nintendo Switch online uh, customer, you would be have access to certain N64 titles, and they add some periodically. So that would be an incentive to signing up for Nintendo online, but they probably wouldn't release many N64 games on launch, because as I said before, they're very lucrative games, and you can still make a lot of money off a lot of these titles. Oh, yeah. Um. So it's either it's either that they are renewing copyrights for Banjo-Kazooie with Nintendo so that they can include it in some sort of N64 emulator virtual console thing, or it's Microsoft seeing that they could make a lot of money off of things like Banjo-Kazooie or, um, you know, other rare titles that they bought from Nintendo when they bought... Um, you know, rare back in 2000 or 99, whenever it was. And the thing is they could, 
<laughs> the thing is, the speculation is if Banjo Kazooie was released on the Switch today, it would probably sell more on the Switch than it is sold on any Xbox console <laughs> because the Switch is such a big install base right now. And Banjo Kazooie has so much hype around it. Even when he was added to um, Smash Brothers, there was yeah. such a big. Uh, like following for that and everyone was like please release banjo kazooie or make another banjo kazooie and uh, nintendo was just like uh talk to microsoft <laughs> and if they did talk to microsoft and microsoft has agreed to like release banjo kazooie on the switch that'd be really cool so um once again it's just the leak it may or may not mean anything it could just be some typo it feels really weird if it was a typo because the Wii U is not something that you would try to make people hyped about. If you were trying to make a hoax or something, <laughs> you would not use the Wii U. You would use the Switch, you know, to get people excited. The fact that it's on a Japanese Wii U listing yeah. feels like people didn't think you would notice. <laughs> so, so I mean, that gives it some merit of validity to it. So, I don't know. Um I would I would think that if this is a real release that's going to happen, I think it would probably be revealed very soon. Latest, maybe the summer of 2021, uh, we could see a Banjo-Kazooie-Nintendo partnership. We just don't know what it is yet. Uh, it'd be really cool if it was another installment, but most likely it's just a re-release. A remaster would be really dope. Um, that would be really cool if they were secretively working on a remaster, but... Uh, yeah, this is a very early listing if it is something off way in the future. So that being said, Banjo-Kazooie, highest hopes. Not really sure where it's going to go, though. <laughs> that would be very, uh, very second, cool if that were to happen. The next thing <laughs> in news is that um, PlayStation is still keeping up their uh, free games with PlayStation Plus. Um, they've always done at least two games that were free. And starting in November, they had a PlayStation 5 exclusive free game where it's a game that you get for free if you already own a PS5. So more incentive to buy the newest console that no one can get their hands on. <laughs> but um, in January, their PlayStation 5 exclusive free game for uh, PlayStation Plus, that's what it is. I think I said PlayStation Now earlier. For PlayStation Plus is Maneater. And if you haven't heard of Maneater, Maneater is actually a pretty cool looking game that I yeah. wouldn't mind playing. It's a, it's basically a shark RPG where you play as a shark and that's it. So um, just think of any other game where you play as a human as an RPG where you just F shit up and... Um, you know, take over whatever the playground of the game is. It's just in this game, it's you're a shark and you're attacking boats and people and stuff. So <laughs> um, it's a pretty cool idea for a game. And I would very much like to play it sometime. Uh, so it is cool that it is with PlayStation 5 um, PS Plus owners exclusive. But almost immediately after they announced that, there are people demanding refunds because Maneater was just on sale for a bunch of like Christmas and um, New Year's sales. <laughs> I saw them even on the Xbox store. So PlayStation has come out and announced that if you put in a uh, request, you can get refunded the amount that Maneater cost because you'd be getting it free just days later. It is really funny because the way, the way New Year's sales work is a lot of them end on January 1st and then the way <laughs> the way the free games for the month work in both PlayStation and Xbox's uh, promotions is you can download the free game on the first so there's it's very likely that people waited to the last minute to purchase games on those sales right before the new year and then immediately saw that one of those games was free <laughs> yeah and I the thing is, I understand that they're doing it for Maneater because it was a new game-ish. Like, it's the newest game that they have and that um, there's a lot of people that probably were interested in it because it's on the top of a bunch of sales um, that I saw. It was usually in the top couple of rows of discounted games. 
And um, I could see why they would want to issue refunds. But it does bring up the question, what if you bought one of the other two titles that are also free for PlayStation 4? And there's no talk about that. And, you know, that just opens a can of worms where, like, do you even address it? <laughs> like, is it immediately shot down? Um, are PlayStation 5 uh, owners giving special treatment even more? Like, they're already given special treatment for having the system. They get another game for free. Um, but they're also getting special treatment that if they just bought the game, they get a refund. Um, I think the PS4 and backwards compatibility compatibility ps4 free titles are like tomb raider i forget what the other one was but it's very likely that those were on sale too and you probably have a high number of people that just purchased that right after christmas and then they're seeing it's for free in january so i mean can, can you imagine owning a ps4 and the same thing happens to you and they don't care but if you have a ps5 and you bought man eater you know you get a refund i do think that that is kind of it is a testament to the install base. I don't think that they're concerned about getting many refunds. Um, even what, what's the word people requesting refunds on the PS five, because they know not many people actually have them. They know that most of the PS fives that are sold are with scalpers. <laughs> so true. If they offer the same promotion with PS four owners, I think they would immediately run into the issue of that's a lot of money. <laughs> Because <laughs> the install base is so big. But um, I think it's a very low-risk move for them to offer refunds on the PS5 because, number one, you have to have a PS5. Number two, you had to already be subscribed to PlayStation Plus to get the free game on the beginning of the month. And you would have had to buy Maneater between, like, Christmas and New Year's. So... It's a very small amount of people that probably got a PlayStation on Christmas, bought Man Eater, also activated their PlayStation Plus, and then got pissed off that it was free in January. If they even notice. I bet there's a lot of people that don't even know that PlayStation Plus gives you free games if like it's their first Sony console. Um, they could have just thought that this is what they have to have to play online, so activate it, and this is what I need to use my PS5. Yeah. So, um I think it's very low risk because the, the amount of the amount of factors that have to go into being that person that it qualifies for is a lot lower than I have a PS4 that I've owned for two years and I still am subscribed to PlayStation Plus. You know, that type of person is a lot more common. <laughs> so, I mean, it's cool that they're giving refunds, but I do think that it is not as big of a deal as they're trying to make it out to be. Um, but cool. Uh, it is cool that they are allowing the PlayStation 5s to uh, have the ability to have that refund. I'm sorry I'm rambling so much. I feel like... You're not rambling brain... at all, man. You're... <laughs> I mean, I don't think you are. I feel like my brain is on another planet right now, but um, it's probably just the uh, allergies or the air. I don't know. Um, I got a couple more stories. Let me just hit them at you real quick. Uh, the next one is hilarious, as always, with Mario Kart 8 sales numbers. Um, <laughs> Mario Kart 8, a game that is about four years old now, um, was named the third best-selling game on Amazon of 2020. So this is a game that is multiple years old, <laughs> a game that hardly ever goes on sale, and... Um, a game that is literally just a port of the Wii U version. Um, it is just crazy. It is the third best-selling game on Amazon. And that I don't know. That just feels insane because we're we're talking about physical copies, like, and they they package it everywhere with the console. Like every Black Friday, you can get it with the game. And um, it still is selling that good. It's just it is i don't really know is, i just yeah. think it's it's really dumb but um there was some other funny numbers i'm trying to remember i think it was the number one selling uk switch game or something it's just it's just insane that it's beating out games that are released and also very popular i mean here's the thing is the thing is mario kart is like 
I'm trying to think of what it can be compared to. It's like, it's almost like having solitaire on a computer. You know, it's like people act like if you have a switch, you just have to have Mario Kart, even if you don't talk about it, because Mario Kart doesn't have the buzz that uh, Animal Crossing has, not even the buzz that um, any Pokemon game has or Mario Odyssey had or Breath of the Wild has like street cred, basically, you know, being something that people brag about. Mario Kart, I never see people are like brag about Mario Kart. People that stream Mario Kart or talk about Mario Kart talk about it like, you know, Mario Kart. Not like, man, you got to play Mario Kart. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. they people are aware that it's so hand in hand with having a Switch. Like it's so hard. To, it would be so hard to find someone that has a Switch without Mario Kart that People just act like, you know, you could just assume everyone owns Mario Kart. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but that's, I mean, that's why. It's just interesting that the, the, the thing is, the thing is, I was comparing it to Solitaire being installed on computers. But the thing is, Solitaire is free with computers. This game is a $60 game that never goes on sale. And people have to consciously buy it. So when when you're buying a console, um, you just grab Mario Kart 8 and you go to the register and people are completely fine with not talking about it. That's what that's what's so interesting, because I don't ever see people get a switch and then grab Mario Kart and go, I can't wait to play this Mario Kart. They just like grab the Mario Kart and it's like just something that they have to have. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't quite explain it. It's not quite a chore, but. There's it's with zero buzz, with zero like promotion by other people. Uh, Mario Kart 8, like it's just something that is like people live and breathe it and play it. But just it's just really weird. If you could understand what I'm saying, it's like a weird organic thing that's happening with Mario Kart 8 that is not unexplainable. It's just it doesn't fit the criteria of what happens with every other big Switch title, which is games that are successful have a lot of people talking about them, and the more that people talk about them, the more they stay relevant. Mario Kart 8, you can like not hear about it for six months, and it can still be the top-selling game. You get what I'm saying? That's what's weird about Mario Kart 8. And um, I guess that's all I have to say about it. It's just, it's just crazy that it is still in the top three games sold on Amazon. You know, that's just that's insane. Um that's all I'm going to say about Mario Kart 8 because I feel like we talk about <laughs> Mario Kart 8 all the time. Um, the last thing that I have to talk about is actually an interesting story, and I kind of forgot about this entirely until I just read it right now. Um, it's a game called Since a Cyberpunk Ghost Story, and it is creating a lot of buzz online that people were begging for it to not be put on the eShop which is really weird. This game has been released on the Steam store since like mid last year, and it already has an ESRB rating of M. But people have a problem with it going to the Nintendo eShop because of its very prominent sexual themes and its visuals and the way they talk about those same mature themes. And it is one of the weirdest situations because... If it is censored on the eShop, if they don't, if they don't allow them to sell it on the eShop, it is completely, um, it is completely ignoring the purpose of the ESRB. Um, the game is rated M, so I don't know why people are upset about this, but it has gone kind of viral that people are saying that it doesn't belong on the Nintendo system. But if you go to the eShop, there are plenty of games <laughs> that have worse content that are rated M. Like, there is a purpose for the ESRB rating system. There's also a purpose for the 100%. Nintendo systems having... Yeah, yeah there's, there's also a purpose for the Nintendo systems having age um, verification. Um, you can make accounts for children, and you put in their correct age. You don't put in just some random age. And the Nintendo parent account can allow access to certain games if you see fit. Um, it's just like anything like that. But people are suddenly offended because 
I guess they are not following the things that are already in place. And I always find that the most offensive when people get upset about they get upset about something that wouldn't be an issue if they followed rules. <laughs> yeah. And I think that yeah. is the most it the most hypocritical thing is people pointing the finger at someone saying that they're poisoning society and there's already defenses up in place and they the person that they're pointing the finger at is supposed to feel guilty about the consumer allowing, you know, their kids to be poisoned. It's really dumb. There are so many firewalls in place for Nintendo systems. They are built for the safety of children at, at whatever age they are. Um, they are probably the best system at that. And for people to suddenly think that this is the first M-rated game on, Nint on the Nintendo Switch is just stupid. Um, there was no one... There was no one saying anything about that. Okay, I take that back. There were some people saying it about when The Witcher 3 came out on the Switch. There were a lot of people making jokes about, I can't wait to see boobies on my Nintendo Switch. Um, but like, it was very minor. You know, yeah. a lot of people yeah. understood that The Witcher 3 had already been out. If you hadn't played it up until then, like, you're in the minority of people. Um, it was a very popular game. People knew what to expect. They knew it was going to be rated M and they knew that people would avoid it if they didn't want that content. But for some reason, this game is getting way more press than it should be. And that's the thing is it actually is, if anything, it's helping the game actually gain notoriety. It's a well-reviewed game. Um, I've actually considered buying it just to check it out because it's a cool concept to a game. It's a like yeah. futuristic ghost story type um, game that seems real like a really good fit for the Switch um, for the more mature audience that actually owns Switches. And I think that's a really good thing to have variety on the Switch because the Switch is probably the main thing that you can... Um, the main thing that goes against the Nintendo Switch is people saying it's not a serious... Uh, gaming system for like an adult or something so the more variety they have in content the better um and if anything the, their install base is so good that it makes anyone that gets their game on the eShop suddenly doing a lot better so the thing is I, part of me wonders if maybe they secretly started their own boycott to get press because this doesn't make sense there's so many m-rated games for people to be up in arms about this game having sexual content in it is absurd. Like it's not even going to look that great in the style that this game is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if people were getting upset about the Witcher three, I mean, that thing actually has decent cutscenes. Um, this is just, this is just way more of an indie game that like, if you're into that, then you're into it. But I mean, I don't know. It's weird. The, it's just weird that it, anyone cares about it. That's what makes me say that. I feel like, well, it could it could be false. That's why it doesn't buzz, surprise you know, me. Like though. they did it themselves. That's why it doesn't surprise me. And you think about it, dude. Some of the stuff people get pissed off about nowadays. Does does it really surprise you? I mean, it's it's pretty sad that yes, they're getting it is dumb that they're getting that mad over it. Because I remember nudity being in uh uh God of War. And you had to move yeah. the joysticks while he freaking, you know, got it on in order to, you know. <laughs> In order to bring them to, uh, you know, bring them pleasure and pass that level, you know, I mean, you had to do that. So I, I didn't hear yeah. anybody screaming about that, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's stupid, man. You know, it's so dumb. The, <laughs> that is one of the funnier things. If you haven't played the game, heavy rain, heavy <laughs> rain is one of my favorite games on the PS3. I love the game, but there's a very early scene where. Um, here's the thing is games try to make you feel like they want you to feel like you are in the game and the better that they can make you feel like you are the protagonist, the more like you are enveloped into the game. Um, that, you know, that's where every game tries to make you do <laughs> this game. Doesn't heavy rain didn't establish much who you are because it swaps between characters a lot. So it makes it very awkward when you're like in the shower and the game, when it had motion controls, was trying to make you like scrub your body down. And it was really awkward because you 
it was impossible for you to feel like you were bathing yourself because you played as like four characters. <laughs> so it always felt like you were washing a stranger. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things in the game because I was like, this would work in a game where it didn't go back and forth between different characters. Yeah. But the fact that you were trying to like wash your balls, you know, <laughs> when you played as three other people, it just made you feel like you're washing someone else's balls. It was one of the most un- or appealing experiences or you're just in the game. Thinking you know? about the last person you played. Yeah. Sick fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about Heavy Rain being so popular is not only are you washing this virtual character's balls, but you have to remember how many other people have washed the same balls. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. You just like think about how many millions of people have played this game and watched the same character. Everyone, everyone right now at this point in the show, Lysol your controller. Now, right now, just take a second to Lysol your controller. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. That being said, I felt like I ended my news like you usually <laughs> do all of your news. You so ended I that feel great. like I accomplished it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my story was like 100% of your story. Now I wish I had uh now I wish I had uh, better stuff. Um anyway, so here we go. <laughs> uh Epic Games, man. This is actually kind of cool. Uh everybody knows that Epic Games, we talked about it a couple a uh, couple shows back where there's they're giving away um uh games. Uh they they've actually got some really cool stuff that they're giving away uh that's coming up. I'm going to be talking about one of those games that's going to be coming up here pretty soon that I definitely am going to play. Mm -hmm. And I think once I describe it to you, I think that a lot of other people are going to be into this game too. But anyway, Epic Games has just acquired uh, the technology and business of Rad Game Tools. Uh, Rad Game Tools is a uh, video game software development company that um, their uh, their stuff is in like over 20,000 different uh, games. Um, it's used by all sorts of different gaming companies. This stuff is used, uh, the, these uh, this group is used in... Um, uh, television and uh, uh, film and game industry and uh, even with people who don't use the Unreal Engine. And I mentioned the Unreal Engine because we all know that the Unreal Engine is owned by Epic Games. Well, the purpose yeah. of this uh, purchase is to they they plan on using RAD and integrating RAD system and their technology in order to benefit the Unreal Engine and uh, the developers and, you know, all the companies that Epic works with. So basically what, what this stuff does is it compresses, um, it compresses the, the existing um, uh, uh, software and programs that these guys use. It, it, uh, it, it's a, a compression software that, that takes all the data requirements and makes them so much easier. That's what makes it easy for us to load into games like Fortnite and Apex Legends, uh, stuff like that. Things that even Call of Duty, things you that would normally would take forever to log into. And that's what this stuff does is it compresses it down into uh, uh, basically nothing compared to what it could be. And part of it with their post that they came out with on Twitter said that with um, games coming out that are going to be more photorealistic and powerful, you need the best in-class compression software that can manage increased data requirements without compromising quality. So this is like the team in uh, compression software uh, that does this kind of work. So um, you can only imagine what it's going to mean for uh, Epic Games and uh, anything that they're currently developing. Uh, what's cool, though, is they're not making them stop any kind of current work that they're that they're already doing with all those different industries that we just mentioned. So uh, it's just a it, this is only going to make things better. I mean, everything that we've been seeing with uh, these these purchases and these buyouts from these companies has been in my view, has been basically almost every one of them have been something that is going to make the gaming industry just that much better. So I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see what happens. Everybody knows what the Unreal Engine is. And just making the Unreal Engine better, 
I mean, that's just it, you know, it should make every nerd out there just squeal with delight. So, yeah, I know I have. <sighs> so that's my first story for you. Uh, next thing I wanted yeah, to talk about. That's really cool because. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always do that, dude. No, that's good. What exactly is the RAD technology, though? It that's their what they the what rad is yeah it's a development I, software I development company that. but it's a compression software what it does is it, it, it okay it, i get it i get it i heard that whole part sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm a great listener everybody <laughs> it's a compression software yeah. i understand so basically okay it, i just yeah. I had trouble making the connection okay in order to get the the views and the realistic kind of stuff that we see you know and the and the what it takes for a, 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 you know, a processor or a CPU or anything to run yeah. that stuff. Yeah. They just, they have to be able to squish it down into something that's going to be reasonable <laughs> for our machines. So yeah. Everyone's going to think I'm high doing this episode <laughs> <laughs> because this whole time when I see RAD, I'm thinking ray tracing. And even though you're 100% oh. talking about compression and you're talking about load times, my brain is still thinking, when is he going to talk about ray tracing? <laughs> <laughs> so, apologies for that go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> uh next thing um this is something that actually caught my eye because i was playing a little bit of rogue company um and i've been i used to play a, a paladins quite a bit and i kind of stepped back from paladins and i and i after reading this story i kind of wonder why i did i might get back into it because i do miss it um I miss playing Grover, but high-res studios, uh, they came out and talked about their plans for 2021. And uh, they mainly consist of plans for Rogue Company Paladins and Smite. Uh, these are three of their top games that they have. And even though, you know, we don't hear a lot about these three games, well, you do hear quite a bit about Smite. Um, you hear a little bit more about Rogue Company right now. And Paladins kind of mm -hmm. faded in the background a little bit, which is sad because it is a great game. Um, but, uh, even though you really don't hear a lot about these games, these guys had a great, great year in 2020, a rogue company came out in 2020 and had a huge launch and still has quite a, a big following. And, um, uh, they had record mm -hmm. years for smite and for paladins also. So, um, even though it wasn't, you know, huge games like call of duty and overwatch and, you know, whatnot, you know, these, these guys are still doing really, really well. And they're going to have some serious content updates that's going to be coming along for this, including including the uh, the esports action that happens with, you know, Smite and uh, possibility of this kind of stuff happening with Rogue Company, etc. So, anyway, in uh, uh, Smite, uh, they have season eight, which is called Dawn of Babylon, and it's going to have uh, uh, an evolving Babylonian pantheon conquest map. Uh, they said this is the first one in three years or so. They have new gods, which is Tiamat and Gilgamesh, uh, new battle passes. Um, there's all sorts of stuff that's going to be happening. So, and of course, this is an esports game. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff going on as far as uh, the esports tournaments. Uh, Paladins, they have season four coming out, which is called Calamity. They're going to have more champions, which uh, it just boggles my mind that you're going to have even more champions. Uh, I think honestly, in my eyes, and this is another subject for another day, but I think that Overwatch and Paladins needs to seriously look at some of their older champions and perhaps kill them off in a storyline or something. Maybe, you know, something that we can get behind and get into that, yeah, is going to piss some people off, but, you know, makes you hungry to go back and play the game and maybe get some vengeance on those ones that killed off your favorite hero or champion. Um, but anyway, in Calamity, you're going to see more champions. You're going to have a lot more updates, which Paladins is really good at that. Um, they're going to have a whole bunch of brand new limited time events, which I'm very interested in seeing what that's about. I know that you're an event hound also, and uh, you probably have a lot of fun doing that. Um, they're going to have a champion by the name of Yagarath. And he's going to be the first champion of the year um, that's coming out. And <clears throat> one of the things that uh, Reddit and some of the other places are talking about on this is this this guy's been teased for a very long time as far as Paladin's lore. And uh, he is a threat from beyond the realm. And basically, you know, he wants to conquer all life everywhere. 
So that's going to be this guy's kind of thing. So new champion that's going to be coming up. I'm really curious to see what his powers are going to be kind of like. Uh, Rogue Company, um, they have, like I said, they had a huge launch. They got, you know, they're over 15 million players too, by the way, which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> they're going to have new rogues. Uh, one is called Kestrel. They're going to have new maps. One is called The Hollows. Uh, new events, all that kind of stuff. And um, they're going to have basically seasons uh, from what they're hinting at. Uh, four seasons, like seasons of the year, with uh, events happening in each of those seasons. So that'll be kind of interesting to see what happens on that. Um, but yeah, so you've got some cool stuff coming up for those three games. Uh, high res, man. They have they have some really good stuff. I mean, if you look at Rogue Company, of course, Smite. There's a lot of people who like Smite. I haven't played it. I'm really thinking about getting into it and checking it out. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, uh, need some people to play with that know what they're doing because obviously I don't, and I don't want to go in completely blind. But Paladins, yes, I'm probably going to get back into that. So yeah, they got a lot of good things going on. So if you're a high res fan, if you play Rogue Company, Paladins, or Smite, uh, good stuff coming for 2021, and. Uh, yeah, they're going to keep their player base, I believe. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Josiah? Yeah, the thing is, I don't, I've never been able to get into Smite. It's very repetitive and very, I don't know. I'm just not into games like Smite because <laughs> they, they're so time consuming. Yeah. Um, I, man, I don't want to say anything offensive, but I feel like Smite is for someone that has a lot more time on their hands. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> But that being said, I think Smite is probably their most popular game right now. Even though we don't play it, I always see other people playing it. I've like on my friends list on basically everything. I always see people are playing Smite. I'm not about to hop in, but I see that people are always playing Smite. And I yeah. think it's pretty crazy how big that following is for that game. Because to me it's not that enjoyable. Um, I remember it's cool for like a few minutes and maybe you can get good at it and it gets like addictive, but the, the matches are so slow and sluggish that it's hard to just jump in and after a few games get the hang of it because there are some modes on Smite where to get a few games in, we're talking like two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so um that being said it's really hard to like lose a game and then be like hey i'll do better next time because for a new player you can lose a game and be like wow i really wasted a lot of time i think that's why i'm a lot more attracted to games like overwatch or um even modern warfare or something where the matches are so short that if you get like totally run over you can hop back up and, you know, win the next game. If you do that with Smite, like, you have to make sure that you have enough time to invest in another game to just make up for the fact that you lost. It's just the experience is totally different when the games are that long. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I have to say about it. High res has really good titles. And oh, yeah, I just think do. that Smite is like their sleeper hit. I think people don't really... I don't think they talk about it as much as they play it. <laughs> if I <laughs> if I knew people that that actually played it consistently, I I might get on with them and give it a try, you know. But I'm just unsure of because there there is I believe there's a quite a big learning curve to it. So yeah, we'd have to see. We'd have to see. Um, but I know for sure I'm going to be jumping on some paladins, man. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Cool. Next thing I want to talk about is, believe it or not, uh, Fortnite has a skin. And there uh, a lot of people want this thing removed. Um, you're probably going to be uh, reading about it here at least for the next day. I bet you anything Fortnite comes out within either tomorrow or the next day and says that they're going to take it out. Um, but it's being accused of being pay to win. Uh, this is a uh, superhero skin. And it's part of the whole uh, Fortnite Marvel theme crossover, uh, you know, and so they've just introduced the addition uh, uh, of Black Panther, as everybody knows. Now, uh, the skin gives you the ability to choose between several different styles and colors. Now, 
there's an all black version that is a monochrome outfit. And if you are in a dark or shadowed area of the map, you are almost impossible to see. Um, there was a picture that was put out and it said uh, it was a Twitter Twitter account. Fortnite News is what it was. And it says, uh, let's let's play spot the superhero skin. And you you can't see where this person is uh, unless you take a second look. So if you're uh, quickly sweeping a room or going in and looking around, you're going to miss somebody a lot of the times if their shadows are turned on. Now, if you're a PC player, you can turn off shadows, so you got nothing to worry about. But a lot of the community are are saying it's a pay-to-win skin, um, that it's not fair, it takes advantage of uh, certain, you know, they're probably going to be, they're probably going to either uh, uh, take out that color of it or something else. You know, maybe make it shiny, something that reflects light. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so people are already bitching. Uh, another Fortnite skin that's uh, pay to win. Well, not another one, but a Fortnite skin that's being accused of pay to win. So yeah, uh, get to see that kind of crap going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> uh, Rust. Now, you know Rust, right? You know what Rust is, the survival game? Yeah, the game where you steal things from people and make them cry got it yes yes well they <laughs> they do have some servers and they just were doing a server uh recently and there was a whole bunch of uh very uh high level streamers and popular streamers that were uh uh in this one server where it was just uh completely doing the um uh you can uh uh, role play and control progression, that kind of thing. That's what it was, uh, could, you know, totally uh, focused on it for. Well, um, they had all this stuff going on about it and uh, all these streamers were getting on board and they were checking this game out. There was some people that were creating, you know, some sort of uh, uh, conflict, you know, it was, cre you know, any publicity is good publicity, right? So uh, mm -hmm. there was all sorts of crazy shit that was going on with this, this, this rust thing. Well, now, um, Rust has a new record for concurrent total players on Steam, which is just under 204,000 players concurrent. Now, this was a game that was dying, that was slowly going down. And all of a sudden, it just took off. And it's so what they've done now is they've opened offline TV, has opened uh, um, Rust servers. And when they when they invited all those streamers to come in, it just went crazy for the game. Rust took off again like nuts. Like I just said, they have over 204,000 concurrent uh, players on Steam alone. So what they did is they went ahead and they made server a uh, new PvP server, relaunched it. Uh, the previous server is now, was, is now PvP focused, which all sorts of people are clamoring to get at and they also opened another server which is again focused on role play and control progression so all of a sudden tens of thousands of people are getting rust and clamoring to get on these servers and it's just nuts um, looking at a picture which it was 203,795 concurrent players on uh, january 7th and uh 141,879 twitch viewers on rust alone so yeah here's wow. a game that it this you know it's not the only one that's had a comeback that's the thing but here's a game that was was old you know to people this was it was really nothing and then all of a sudden it's huge huge thing um and believe it or not counter-strike global offensive that's another one that's coming back even harder you know what i mean look at the witcher 3 there's another example, right? That took off mm -hmm. and went crazy. A a another comeback. So, yeah, Rust is just uh, is going nuts. I'm actually, <laughs> I was looking at some of this uh, videos and stuff on it. And I've uh, once I get my new rig set up, I'm I'm seriously considering <laughs> downloading it again and playing it. Uh, I just I didn't like I said, you know, some of these games you have to have somebody to play with. You know what I mean? And if I can get into a server where it's not about, you know, uh, kill everybody and whatever, you know, maybe a role play and I could be, you know, something for that community. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to see and, and get into. But yeah, 
craziness, man. Rust has made a comeback. Uh, one of the things I wanted to, uh, uh, this is a weird thing, man. Um, I was looking through some stuff and I saw these stories that were popping up about a uh, YouTube. We we talked last week about a, or a couple weeks ago about a speed runner, uh, the sex guy that was doing the. It was last week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now here's another YouTube speed runner for Minecraft. Now, this guy's name is Dream. His world records were removed and they've concluded that he was cheating when he was doing the speed runner. Um, this guy has 15.4 million subscribers and his videos get around 20 to 60 million views. Okay. And uh, this guy's just, he's huge. He's huge. Um, between uh, last year, he, he grew over, over 10 million uh, subscribers on YouTube um, alone, alone. So, 2020 even though it was a bad year for a lot of people this guy you know he may have been stuck at home but he was killing it as a youtuber so um one of the things that was going on was he did a world record breaking minecraft speed run and uh they were you know there was all <laughs> sorts of uh fighting going on about it there was uh uh you know Claims, counterclaims, etc. I believe there might have been even some legal stuff that was going on. Uh, so basically, you know, speed running to break it down in case you're new and you didn't hear any of this before. Uh, speed running is where you try to complete the game as fast as possible or you complete uh, objectives of the game uh, as quickly as possible. Um, so. This guy is always breaking world records and he's he's always doing all sorts of stuff. And uh, people were watching him a little bit and he was, you know, there were accusations that he was tampering with the game, um, basically uh, possibly tampering with the code of the game. And uh, so a bunch of his stuff was sent in and um, speedrun.com started investigating in December and or uh, before December. And in December, they released a, um, a research paper. Um, they did a two month investigation on this guy and it, and they, uh, they said that he was cheating by modifying the game that um, that was based on statistical graphs and math, cal math calculations and that there was no way he could have possibly done what he have done. Um, and uh, what's funny is he denies what he did. And then he goes ahead and he says, okay, well, I accept their decision. And, uh, but he just doesn't dispute. He's not disputing anything. He's not, he just says, okay, I, I, I accept their decision, but I'm not admitting I was guilty. So. It's kind of sad that here we got this guy who grew, you know, tremendously um, during the year of 2020 and took advantage of that. And it looks like, uh, you know, science doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie, bro. You know, these are smart people that are adding this stuff up and calculating it. And uh, his world records are stripped because he is um, cheating at Minecraft, bro. Minecraft. It just boggles me that he's cheating at Minecraft. It just yeah blows my mind. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to talk about is um, there's a new game that's going to be uh, debuting on uh, Xbox Game Pass. This is going to be coming out on the mm -hmm. 26th of January. It's called Project Winter. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, yes, it, I actually just heard about it today, but go it, ahead and talk about it. I haven't read much about it. Well, this is basically um, a social deduction game. It's, it's like Among Us, but um, it's not like Among Us. You... Basically, you you work together to survive, but you also at the same time have to try to figure out who the traitors are in, you know, on your team. Um, 
you don't do little mini games and stuff like that. We like you do on Among Us. This is it's they're saying this is driven by survival mechanics, exploration and teamwork. Uh, you're going to have eight players. And you're going to have cross platform play. Um, it's going to be supporting both PC and console players. And. uh, uh the first expansion they're already talking about is going to be called uh, Blackout, and they're going to have new trader rules and new survivors. And anyway, um, yeah, this is going to be kind of cool, man. It comes to Xbox Game Pass on uh, January 26th, I'm, and they're going to have it not just for the console, but for the PC on Game Pass. So you'll be able to download it on that. Um, I'm for sure going to be getting it, man. I've already got it checkmarked. I'm ready to go. Uh, definitely going to be downloaded on PC. It looks like a lot of fun. I love the artwork style of it. Uh, it's a little more detailed and watercolorish than Among Us, I think. Um, I kind of dig it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Samurai Jack on Adult Swim, the art style of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. it, it looks like it's going to be neat, man. I'm definitely going to be getting it. It sounds like a, a, a cool game. It sounds like what they did is they took Among Us and they evolved it and made it a little more expansive. So anyway, guys. That's all I got. Sweet. That's the newest news. And uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> well, um, to close things out, I do have a random food for thought. Um, things that concern gamers today. And I feel like um, I gave this a lot of thought. And I feel like the most concerning thing to gamers this week is the idea of... Um, the the idea of you know when a caterpillar you know makes a cocoon and turns into a butterfly like do they know what's going on do you ever think about that i think they do i think they do know what's going on dude i think they do, um, do, well, I, mean, I think, think they, they do this i think they do it purposely <laughs> and they know exactly what they're doing okay cuz i understand instinct in nature i understand that they can develop an instinct that is like biologically in their bodies that they automatically do something regardless of knowledge of what will happen. Because if let's say they don't know what's going on and it's 100% instinct, um, they at some point build a cocoon and they're just like, well, I guess I'm just going to fucking stay in here and see what happens. <laughs> but I, the thing is... Can they communicate with each other? And if if they can communicate with each other, can like other like I, I don't know. I think they can communicate <laughs> with each other because how do they all know the, the when to come is, out at the can, same time? Look at the monarchs. The thing, Look at the monarchs, bro. How do they all know when to come out at cicadas. the same time? <laughs> That's the other one. Cicadas also crack me up because if that is those are just if that is just no. instinct. Those are you aliens. Dig a hole in the ground and then. You're Those just like, aliens. I guess I'm going to go die in the ground, you know? And then 10 years later, you pop out of the ground. And you're like, fuck, I didn't die. <laughs> I just, don't know. It's, Those are ugly, <laughs> ugly, I don't know. ugly it's creatures. Something that I thought was randomly concerning was that, like, do, do all these insects do these things on just pure faith or pure habit? You know, like, is it 100% just... uh what they're born to do or like, is there any type of communication like, Hey, this is what you got to do to do X, Y, Z. Because if it, if they do know what they have to do to do X, Y, Z, then you would see a lot more like caterpillars that didn't become butterflies that just were like, you know what? F it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, why isn't there more free will with insects? You get what I'm saying? <laughs> I think this is my worst food for thought. <laughs> Why isn't there more free will with insects? I don't know how to answer that, buddy. I do not I know guess how to answer that. I'm going to cut it short because that's all I could bear talking about this subject. <laughs> that being said, um, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just such a dumb concept. And uh, that is the random food for thought. Um, <laughs> why don't insects have more free will? <laughs> <laughs>
But um, oh, if you man. talk to the big man upstairs, let, let me know what he says because it is concerning <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> it is concerning to me that they don't have more free will because I I feel like insect civil rights are important today. Yep. And I I mean, I I believe in equality, you know, and uh, and I I think it starts from the bottom, and I think they're not quite at the bottom, but they're they're getting there. And if I it's see it, it starts from the, the bottom of level. my shoe. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. They start at the bottom of your shoe, and the highest they can get is when you bend your leg up. But yeah, yep. Um, then back down to the ground again. That being, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the, the the classified cheat codes podcast where we describe walking before we uh we end our podcast. But yeah, um, that was a show. Uh, not much news this week. No, uh, not sorry, really. it's a short one. Yeah, uh, I will. We will have better food for thought. I just thought that that was a random thought, and I swear I wasn't high when I thought of it. It's just one of those things where when an animal does something instinctual, like, do they know what's going on? And it's just, and, and I think it all goes down to if they can communicate, how intelligent is it? And I, I don't think it's as intelligent as uh, we would hope it would be. I think communication is like yes and no, mostly. Um, so you can't like tell a story to another insect if you're an insect with yes and no's you know but yeah. i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe it's not they like have a it's not like language. ants or something the movie you know it's not yeah. like it's not like that you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're not all sitting there singing and dancing and you know <laughs> getting beat up by the <laughs> that was such a political movie but yeah yeah Okay, well, it's a good show, and uh, thank you for listening, and we will... <laughs> I'm just laughing that I even tried to pull that off, but thank you for listening, and uh, we will catch y'all next week uh, with more of the newest news in gaming and more awkward banter, yes. and I uh, hope you all have a good week. when you played as three other people, it just made you feel like you're washing someone else's balls.